This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Friday edition of the Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. Sandy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer, and producer Chris Mitchell on a Super Bowl Friday, on a red Super Bowl Friday. How about that? What's the deal with that, the whole red thing? How does that, red Friday? Where does that come from? What do you mean? Yeah. No, just explain it to me. I, I have to explain it. Red Friday to you? So do I really like, have to do this? So if you like watch a Kansas City Chiefs game and you kind of see the patterns on their their jerseys, their uniforms is what they call okay. them. Okay. Um, yeah, there's yeah. like a certain like hue to them, right? So um, they're red, is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's what it is. And so but, since but they, they don't play till Sunday. Yeah. So, so what happens is in cel- in preparation and in like celebration for the fact that the Kansas yeah, City Chiefs. Yeah, see, there's are a playing. thing called the work week. You know, I don't know if you uh, if you're in, if you're familiar with that. I don't. I don't get it. And this is the uh, the final day of the work week where you know okay. we do our usual routine with uh, with coworkers and, and and everything else. And this is the final day of that work week before the Chiefs play. So you wear red. Deemed red. Right, yeah. yeah. Did I well, really Chris have to is... spell that out for somebody Couple today? Things. Couple things. One, Chris is also wearing a Brewers shirt. Yeah, I don't get that. that but that's a Chris thing. Like, are you really going to base okay, it off fair. of that? Say no more. Say no more. Secondly, you will notice I am wearing red. However, it's a, it's a red T-shirt that's got the Gateway Arch on it, too. So I have oh, to at least okay. represent the St. Louis side of things. But, uh, yay, Chiefs, they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Red Friday. I just I think it's more of a thing than I really realized it was. I see people talking about yeah. it, Red Friday. I just you know I didn't I, I I know it's a thing, but I I've never really seen it play out quite like. I mean, it's just like yep, everybody knows it's Red Super Bowl Friday, and it's like oh okay, I'll wear red. Sorry, gee whiz. I never had that for like Cardinals games growing up, but they were playing like a weekend series or like the Rams. See, that's no, not the same. Up in, like, blue. They, they, they play baseball. every day. They play just, every day. Yeah. Right and um, did they do it for Rams? Probably you probably wore a Rams shirt before that. But again, and I went to Catholic school, so we didn't really get to pick what we wore. Okay. It's a whole thing. There's a lot of repressed trauma here, and it's all coming out on Red Friday. Okay, <laughs> gee whiz, that's fine. Oh man, well <laughs> go this... Chiefs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> go Chiefs, in my opinion, on this Red Friday, uh, right before the Super Bowl. Tell us who you got. Chiefs or 49ers, who, again, maybe they have a red Friday. I don't know if they do or not in San Francisco. I mean, they are yeah, red. Both teams are red. Yeah, I this know. Is not, very I mean, red is Super Bowl. experience. Whatever. So who you got? Uh, 505, we'll talk about that. And uh, we'll also get the betting angles of this Super Bowl. We'll get that perspective with Rob Vino of wagertalk.com at 425. And our picks of the week, as always, to close it out on Friday, will be an all-Super Bowl prop picks of the week. Some of these are crazy. 
Uh, yeah, wait. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. Did you send me the sheet? Did I did. Oh, that's check rarity. your thirty thousand two hundred thirty-two <laughs> emails. That's not fair. It's you're actually pretty close. Thirty-two thousand two hundred thirty-nine ah. unread emails every day. That's just the unread. It grows more and yep. more. I, it, I can't click on all of them. No, I so get long. it. Oh boy, eight seven five KTGR caller Texas. You can mark them all as unread, though. That's what that's what I do. And so I'm scared just... to do that. If I marked them all, it just like nuked thirty two thousand emails. Oh. What am I going to miss because of that decision? Like I just can't. I, I got to be I, smart I about know. this. Well, you can tweet us at KTGR Big Show uh, and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now the Big Show's big deal. It's almost here. On this Red Friday, we're looking forward to Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Yesterday's injury report, today's has not been uh, released yet from the Chiefs, but yesterday, still no Joe Tooney at practice. Second straight day for him. It's looking very unlikely that he's going to be able to go at left guard. Another limited practice for Jarek McKinnon with the groin injury, still not activated off injured reserve for him. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, dealing with an illness. He was also limited in practice yesterday, something to maybe uh, watch for today. But the Chiefs going for their third Super Bowl victory in five seasons. Meanwhile, the 49ers haven't won one in a while. Of course, this is a rematch from four years ago in Super Bowl 54 in Miami where the Chiefs overcame a 10-point deficit and defeated the 49ers 31-20. to We'll see if history repeats itself in Las Vegas on Sunday at 5.30. And that's the big show's big deal on this ninth day of February 2024, 875 KTGR. If you want to call or text us, send in your score predictions for the Chiefs and 49ers. You can also go to our Facebook page and weigh in there, facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. But to kind of keep talking about what could happen here, is this more likely to be a a tight game as the point spread will indicate, and it always does every single year, it indicates going to be a about a field goal game most of the time. Two-point favorites still are the 49ers, but do we really think that it's more likely to be a close game, or is there a good chance that one team just starts well and never stops? Could there be blowout potential for a game like this on either side? Oh, boy. Blowout in the Super Bowl, huh? Yeah. I mean, last year's Super Bowl was about as close as it could get, right? Right, yeah. Back and forth, excitement, but a lot of scoring. I don't know if this Super Bowl sees that level of offensive production. I don't see either side necessarily running away. But could there be the sort of blowout? Like, what do you qualify as a blowout? What's the number? That's very interesting because I see, I wanted to go back to some of the more recent Super Bowls, like the last 10 years. And we have we seen a whole lot of blowouts in these? Because if I just thought off the top of my head, I wouldn't think that there were very many. And there haven't been. Like, the, the last one was the Chiefs getting absolutely obliterated on the offensive line. Patrick Mahomes running around for his life against the Not fun. The, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they win 31-9. to That is... That's a blowout. That's a blowout. Okay. So, but the margin on that was twenty-two. Twenty-two points. points. Okay. Do you What's, do you characterize it as two touchdowns? I think it has to be at least two touchdowns. But like, you can have a game. Let's say it's twenty to thirteen. 
but the team with 20 scores another, and now it's 27-13. They scored five minutes to go. Is it suddenly a blowout? I don't think so. So the Chiefs winning against the 49ers four years ago, they get a touchdown to kind of seal the win. Not a blowout. Not a blowout. They were behind, right? They were playing for behind for a while in that game. And they won by 11, but they had a late touchdown to, to ice it. And so, no, I don't call that a blowout either. So it's not just the the final score that that determines this thing. Now here's an interesting question: What if it's a Super Bowl like we saw about nine years ago between the Broncos and the Panthers? You remember that one? Where I try not to. Where if the Panthers had won that, Mizzou made Coney Ely probably would have been MVP. That's right. Because he had like I think the several sacks in there, maybe a fumble recovery, um, and but the Broncos just. Had such great defense on Cam Newton, and yeah, they did. And they had Peyton Manning, but he wasn't really all that great at throwing. He's towards the end of his career, but they won him a Super Bowl somehow. And uh, and the Broncos won that twenty-four to ten. It was kind of a forgettable Super Bowl, if you're being Very honest. Very forgettable. Yeah, but not a blowout. Ian. But does that mean? Look, I, do you think not a blowout? Yeah, I because I think with the way that that game played out, and I'm looking at the box score now, Denver had a thirteen to seven halftime lead. Yeah. added a field goal in the third quarter. And then outscored them in the fourth quarter, eight to three. That was like that's that's the type of game we could see on Sunday, Andy. One team just sort of bleeding out the other one. It, it's not a blowout, but it's not really a close game either. Like there came a point in time in the second half of that Super Bowl where, yeah, the Carolina just didn't have the the gas offensively to be able to climb back into it. I could see Sunday's Super Bowl playing out that way, but even at a fourteen point margin, I don't think I would qualify that as a blowout, I think, but it would be a dominating performance by the team that does it. That kind of game we could get. We could get a 24-10. We could get, you know, uh, I don't know, like a 27-13 that doesn't necessarily unfold in the classic blowout format, but you're going to know who the better team was. I think we could see that type of game. I would like it to be a tight game, Andy, but I could also see whichever team comes in more prepared and executes their game plan to a T more effectively, these are two punishing teams, right? And I know the game between the Ravens and Chiefs was a close margin. What was that, a seven-point final? It felt like the Chiefs were in command of that game, and you could have seen something happen late where maybe the Chiefs tack on a touchdown and suddenly it's a 14-point margin. Wouldn't be a blowout, but man, did I feel confident in the Chiefs throughout that game that they were going to find a way to pull it off. The 49ers haven't played their playoff games like that. They haven't really dominated the style of the game. They've had to come from behind. But they're the type of team that when they're on their game, they can make other teams look like that. They can win a 24-10 Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. So, like, I love that you brought up that uh, Panthers-Broncos Super Bowl because that's the the high end of what I could see. You know what I mean? Like, you're not getting a 43-8 Super Bowl right. here of yeah yeah of the Seahawks absolutely obliterating the Broncos no yeah and that's that, a... that's I don't think that's coming <laughs> right. I don't think it'd be fun forty three eight Chiefs would be a lot yeah, of fun that'd be something how many how many picks would Brock Purdy have to throw for that score to oh, happen? Yeah, at least three right that'd be it, fun probably, man yeah, Nick probably Bolton probably so. gets one you know it'd be great yeah but you know what I mean like I feel like these two teams there's a lot to like about both teams and even if one exposes a weakness in the other. I don't think anybody's getting run off the field, but they might get sort of suffocated out there. You know, they might just sort of run out of steam and say, it'll be clear 
if that type of game plays out, it'll be clear that the team that's ahead is going to win it early in the fourth quarter. But the score is going to, you know, it's going to be a 10-point game or 13-point game. I wonder if one side asserts themselves in that way. But talking 20-something point blowout, I just don't see it in the cards. I really don't. 875-KTGR, do you think we could see a blowout? Or is it more likely to be a, a tight game in the Super Bowl between the 49ers and Chiefs on Sunday? It's it's making me look back and I can't. Gosh, Coney Ely had three sacks oh, and, a, and a pick. It was in a that frustrating game. Super Bowl, man. Right? Because it was like one side of their team was playing lights out and the other side just would, would refuse to contribute. Well, uh, yeah. Um, and again, if the Panthers had done anything on offense, they would, uh, Coney Ely would be MVP. It ended up going to Von Miller because he had like two and a half sacks and two forced fumbles also. So, I mean, it, it was a defensive game for sure and didn't feel like uh, one team had anything in them. So, but I like this idea of looking back at some recent Super Bowls to try and, like, of the recent eight or ten, is there one that you say, hey, that's the kind of game we could see? Because I like, I honestly like the 24 10. I like that because I think it's not a given to me that these offenses are just going to fly down the field. They're great offenses, but they're going to be opposed by great defenses. You know, I don't think we see a 31 9 of the Tampa Bay KC Super Bowl. I really don't think we see a 38 35 like we saw last year, because I think the defenses are too good this year to allow for that. But, yeah. Andy, what about, like, when you had the when you had New England coming back on Atlanta? The script of that game was Atlanta blowing them out, right? 28-3. Right, yeah. And, and I don't think anybody's getting up by 25 in this game. But what do you think the, the reasonable, like, if I asked you to set the over-under, I know it's not Thursday anymore, over-under on the largest lead held at any point in time in this game, where would you set that number? I think it's a fascinating well, question. I almost put this on the prop sheet uh, oh, that we're really? going to have in our picks of the week. I was going back and forth on whether or not to uh, to do it, but it, I looked at unnamedsportsbook.com on what okay. they have set for it, and it's 14 and a half. I that love is that the, number. That is the number that they put for what the largest lead of the game could be for yeah. either side. Because I think that's fair. Like, you could end up, yes. I don't think, I don't think a team, yeah. if you're going to ask me final margin, I would be shocked if it's more than 14 points by whoever wins it. But if it were to happen at some point, like this is kind of an ebb and flow potential Super oh, Bowl to, to go back to our favorite terminology from the month. I could see a scenario where somebody does get out to a big lead. I think the team that gets out to a big league wins it. I don't think anybody climbs that mountain if it's over 14 and a half. But I could see the, the gap being trimmed and giving us something compelling to watch late in the fourth quarter. But that's interesting. What would you? It's not on the sheet. So what would so, you do for that? Yeah, Over under fourteen and a half. I'd say under, uh, because I, I I don't think either team is going to it, look. That it could be enough to be a two touchdown lead very very easily. But, but more than that, yeah. I don't. Here's what I could see. I could see a Super Bowl, like we saw ten years ago, exactly between the Seahawks and the Patriots. Where it, the Malcolm Butler interception, the Wouldn't end. That be I'm not fun, saying man. that. I'm not saying the end of the game, but the way that right. that played out was both teams scoreless in the first quarter. Then they both score two touchdowns in the second quarter, and they're tied I going love into that half. Call. Then love that call. Then the Seahawks have the first couple of punches in the third, and then the the Patriots come from behind and they deliver the knockout blows. I think I could see something like that, where you know. It, not to reveal my pick too much, but one team, you know, comes out in the in the second half a little bit stronger, 
from a tie game, and then the other team has enough to come from behind and make the finishing touches. Man, that would be a classic. And that's a that was a 28-24, which would be over the total of over. 47 and a half. Yeah. I can't wait to get Rob Vino's thoughts on the on the total now that the game is almost here because I've been looking at that and it like if if my kind of thought process holds serve and I love what you said about a scoreless first quarter because I think you're getting a, a long possession that'll either end in a field goal or a maybe a go for it on fourth and don't get it. Like I think these two teams are going to be able to move the ball, but it's going to be bend but don't break. I could absolutely see these defenses kind of bowing their neck when it counts, but that doesn't mean it stays that way for the whole game. And you can think about a Super Bowl where nobody scored in the first quarter getting to 52 points. Like This matchup could have that kind of juice. It's possible with these two offenses, but we always have to recognize that the game we see in the first quarter or the first half may not be the style of game we see after halftime because adjustments can be made. A recent example would be the Lions against the 49ers to get to this spot in the NFC Championship. We saw a completely different circumstance take place in the latter portion of that game. I think with these two teams, you could draw up eight or ten scripts, Andy, and I'd go, ooh, that's compelling. Like To each one of them, I think you could potentially see. So what does that mean? Probably means that we have two pretty evenly matched opponents that are worthy of being where they are in the Super Bowl, and hopefully that gives us a classic. But I kind of lean toward, yeah, tight game because you could go down the checklist and, and maybe favor one side or the other in each category. But it's it should be tight regardless, especially if both sides come prepared and play their play their A game and execute their strategies. 875-KTGR, is this more likely to be a blowout or a tight game in Super Bowl 58 in Vegas? Tell us your thoughts, 875-KTGR. Larry doesn't think so. Larry texts in 875-KTGR. Chiefs by one. Oh, wouldn't that be something? It could be 24-23 action. That'd be right around the total. Be right under the total, wouldn't it? Yep. How do you think, what do you think about field goal kickers in this game? Um, Butker's usually pretty reliable. Maybe that's my famous last words. I'm not trying to jinx anybody, but he's been a good kicker. he is, yeah. And Moody is a good kicker on the other side, but did have that one miss against the Lions. Ultimately, it didn't haunt the 49ers. They They come back and win that game. But, like, I really I do mean, feel like kickers are going to have to play a role because of how good the defenses are. It's going to be a decision process of, we going for this on fourth and two from the 35, or are we kicking it because we think our guy's nails from 54? Like, what's what does that look like in the Super Bowl? It can be really compelling. Well, you're indoors, so that helps, right? It does, but the, now the cool thing to do is go for it, right? Unless you're Dan Campbell. Then you can well, make yeah. fun of Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's I, – I think both teams will want to – have that as one of their tools like it, let's let's not discount our abilities to kick field goals and get points in, in games like this that's been Andy Reid last uh few weeks or so I mean the, when they've gotten into positions to score they haven't necessarily I mean sure they've gone for uh chances to try and punch it in but a lot of the time they had been unsuccessful but they're not just yeah. going to go for broke and say, look, we we need a touchdown because their defense has been so good and you need points in a game like this. Their defense has been so good and their offense hasn't been that quick strike offense that let's say you're at the 35-yard line on a fourth and three. It's not like an obvious. Fourth and one, you probably are always going for it. Yeah. It's like a fourth and three. The scenario I would paint is like even if you get that and you're the Chiefs, now you've got to deal with your red zone woes. Like, okay, you're closer but you're still not guaranteed anything. And so if they really say, hey, Butker, this is a fourth and intermediate, like we, we trust Harrison Butker to make this kick, 
I see the Chiefs as more likely in that range to say, hey, let's see if we – I hate the, the phrase take the points because they're never given, they're never guaranteed. But when you trust your kicker like I think Kansas City does, you you may be – it may be a viable option to, to go for the three points and see if you can't right. notch points on the board where it could be the 23-20 to 20 Super Bowl where every point is valuable and you, you've, you've got to treat them like gold when you have a chance to accrue some points in the game. But the Niners, they can strike quick. They have a lot of, you know, the Chiefs have three guys that we trust on offense outside of their quarterback. The Niners might have, like, five that they, you know, and I'll add, like, a Kyle Juszczyk. Like, they'll do some different things going on down the depth chart on that offense that I think in fourth and short, they're always going to be going for it, especially after the Moody miss. I think that's that's going to keep them a little more aggressive because they remember that, yeah, he did just miss a kick in the last game. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see kind of how they play it. But of the two, I think it does make sense for the Niners to be more aggressive with the, the combo that Casey has on defense and with the realities of what their offense has been. Very interesting how it could uh, play out here. So who do you think uh, will win? And give us your score predictions, 875-KTGR for the 49ers and Chiefs on Super Bowl Sunday. Here on this red Super Bowl Friday on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. We're schooling Brendan on what Red Friday is today, apparently. Uh, we're glad to do it. Happy to uh, have that PSA there. Rob Vino knows what Red Friday is, I'm sure. And uh, he's going to join us at uh, 425 to talk all things Super Bowl betting. What props does he like? And what does he think about that total, too? Under four, or over under 47 and a half. It's been very interesting to watch this week. Rob Vino. With us next on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Hey, to rock and roll on Sunday in Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Give us your score predictions at 875-KTGR or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. And hey, no better time than the Super Bowl than when you're in a jurisdiction of legality to maybe place uh, down a wager and maybe make it a little bit beneficial for yourself. I'm sure Brendan will find a river at some point this weekend. Well, yeah, we got to find a river because we're not in one right now. No, we're not. But you know whose fault that isn't? Rob Vino of wagertalk.com. No. That's whose fault it isn't that Missouri can't get their it's stuff It's not Rob Vino's fault. He's here anyway to tell us uh, his thoughts on uh, all things Super Bowl. Follow him on Twitter at Rob Vino Sports. Robbie, we don't blame you at all. You are uh, you bring the, the perspective no matter what, and we appreciate you for it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, guys. Good to be here today. I'm How's everybody on this Friday? Hey, we're we're awesome. Uh, and again, we'll we'll find our ways to define the jurisdiction, even though we're in mid Missouri right now, which is a very uh, big dead zone as far as uh, sports betting. But you know, we do our find best. a river, That's find what a river we say around here, find what a river, find a river, and uh, and good things will happen. All right, uh, I mean, there hasn't been too much movement, I guess, in the last week or so from either the the point spread or or the total for this game, probably to be expected. But if we're talking now, you know, Friday at 4.30 or so, is there any movement that you think could happen with either number as we get closer and closer to kickoff? You know, it's interesting, guys. Um, Obviously, there's been really no movement. I mean, the total hasn't budged, and the side really hasn't budged either. So you would expect a flood of money to start Saturday night, Um once the public gets done betting college basketball for the day of which there's probably 150 games from about 12 noon Eastern time through till 2 a.m. 
Um, but once that concludes, I would expect a whole ton of money to start coming in. And I don't know. I have really no indication which way it's going to be. Um, Some of the larger bets, like the six-figure bets, have been on San Francisco. Uh, So that's taken place within the last 36 hours or so. But the line is stable, the total stable, which means the odds makers have it in a place where they're getting divided action, which is pretty good on that for them. Robbie, I would feel like the biggest schmuck in the universe if I bet under on the Super Bowl and we got a shootout between these two great offenses. But I kind of could see the path toward a bit of a grinding game where these defenses sort of have their way and are able to, at least in the red zone, force the opposing teams to turn seven into three more often than not. How do you view the total? Because I know you like betting overs with me, but how do you see this one kind of playing out with where the number is right now in particular? Yeah, it's it's in such a great spot. A 46-and-a-half, I'd have less questions. I would have um, been there a lot earlier. I still think I can get there with 47 and a half. Um, but either, and you don't necessarily need a complete shootout, right? Um, I think back to the Super Bowl that these two teams played just a couple of years ago. I mean, it's 20 to 10 with about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. It looks like an absolute under. And here comes Patrick Mahomes and the KC offense for 21 points in a six-minute span, and it winds up landing on 51. I don't think that game went over if I remember right, 51 wasn't enough to get it over, but it would be enough to get this one over. A um, couple of things I found, guys, and, and the narrative, just like the um, point spread and the total, has really stayed the same all week long, right? Uh, everybody is really glued to low possession, McCaffrey, Pacheco, don't dare let Brock Purdy throw the football, 16-play um, drives out of the Chiefs, and all that stuff, um, I'm not going to disagree with it, but I will say this. These teams have played low-possession games here in the playoffs, San Francisco included. And if you take out victory formation and halftime kneel down, San Francisco's defense has faced 19 possessions in two games so far. Their games were low-possession games. I think a 9 and a 9 and a 9 and a 10. Um they they played so far. Those 19 drives against Green Bay and Detroit, 14 of those were potential scores. Nine of them turned into scores. Three were turnovers on downs, which we can thank Dan Campbell for two of those, and Green Bay had one as well. All three were deep within San Francisco territory, and there were a pair of missed field goals, um, which were makeable field goals. So you're talking about 14 times out of 19, the other team has had the ball against San Francisco – and moved it right down to a point where they could score points. I don't see why Kansas City can't do that. And those, again, once again, those are low-possession games, right? You're only getting nine. Detroit got nine, and Green Bay got nine. San Fran got ten of their own in one. The other side of the coin would be this. When you really start thinking about it, Kansas City did face a very hindered Miami offense. They played a Buffalo offense with one real wide receiver. Gabriel Davis did not play in that game, and Buffalo did some offensive damage against them, albeit at home. Then they played Baltimore, which I think we know got behind, sort of panicked, didn't look good. I don't know if any of those teams in the in the form personnel-wise that Kansas City played them in is San Francisco, right? For San Francisco, it's a different story. It's so many things to defend. I don't know that Kansas City can defend them for a full 60 minutes here. 
honestly, I'm thinking this game might end up around the 27-23 vicinity, which gets it over. I think there's going to be enough opportunity. San Francisco, I think they are. Um, if they're not the number one, they're the number two red zone team in the NFL. They've been really good at that. And I think Kansas City has shown us they can punch it in, too. So I, I'm probably going to get to the over, Brendan. I know it's not the popular choice here, but the more I look at these numbers and even the fact that Kansas City has forced really low possession games, they've still been able, other than that Baltimore game, to really come out scoring points. So uh, I think they might do it again. Rob Vino of wagertalk.com with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. And, you know, it's kind of interesting, Robbie, you know, with some of the uh, the machinations that could uh, go into a game like this. And we were discussing just last segment, you know, we've seen a, a lot of close Super Bowls over the last 10 years or so, not very many blowouts, and this one probably shaping up to be pretty close too. But sometimes you just never know these things, and maybe one team just absolutely dominates. Is there a a chance of that, you think? Or are we really more likely to see both teams trade punches? Nobody gets out to a huge lead in this game at any point. There's always a chance, right? Because we can't predict mistakes that could be crucial mistakes. And we've seen Brock Purdy actually in both of these playoff games get San Francisco into some trouble against Green Bay and against Detroit. And then they found their way out of that. Patrick Mahomes, not so much. Um, Kansas City is more of a team that's going to capitalize on trouble. But you could get one of those type games if, in fact, you have a fumbled punt on the 15-yard line, which leads to a short field, or an interception return. Or a lot of stuff could happen. But more than likely, these team, two teams are so evenly matched, we get a close game. Um, like you say, Andy, recently, unlike earlier Super Bowls, maybe – I don't know, all the way up to 40 maybe. We got a lot of blowouts through the 90s and even some into the 2000s. It's only been recently where they've become really um, better, closer, tighter games. But anything could happen here. I don't see it happening as a blowout, though, because I think both teams have comeback capability. That's another thing that kind of separates this particular game from, let's say, the Kansas City-Baltimore game, where Baltimore really didn't have the ability to come back with a bunch of points. We saw San Francisco down 24-7, to and they found their way back. So um, neutral field, you know, half the crowd likes each team. Um, I see it as being a fairly, if not an extremely competitive game. Robbie, we know when it comes to the Super Bowl that the novelty props sometimes <laughs> command a lot of the public attention, the Gatorade color, the length of the national anthem, um, and then sometimes maybe the, the things as simple as like a long shot MVP. Are you dabbling in any of the crazy stuff? Or do you have a guy you like for a long shot? What's your, do you have anything off the wall that you go, you know, this isn't your, your everyday kind of thought process, but for the Super Bowl, this is, this is a fun one to, to consider. You know, I, I generally avoid all of them. Um, but I was pressed into coming up with one this week. Um, by wager talk and what I came up with guys, which is a little bit different. Um, there's a prop out there of the Jersey number of the player to score the very first touchdown here. I like it. Under, I like it. Under, <laughs> um, um, odd or even was the prop bet. Um, odd was a favorite of, uh, 130 when I bet it minus 110 the other way. And when I started looking at it, I mean, it's not that hard to go ahead and lay 130 with odd when in your no. favor you have both tight ends. 
Kelsey yeah. and Kittle, yeah. when you have Debo Samuel, when you have Christian McCaffrey, when you have Patrick Mahomes, when you have, you know, the guy that could hurt you here is Isaiah Pacheco. Um, certainly he's an even-numbered player, but I started thinking, wow, um, since the time that I bet it, that, that prop soared up to about minus 165, 170. Now, I still don't know why there wouldn't be value in it, though, guys, because there's a ton of great options here that are wearing odd-numbered jerseys. So I don't get involved in those things generally, but I happened earlier in the week to stumble on this one, which, I don't know, maybe the odds makers just threw, you know, maybe they just throw numbers every year that are the same on some of these props because that one looked to be one you could take advantage of. I don't know, Andy. They're they're maybe going to have to move this back if like Sky Moore plays. You got to think about Nick. You got to think about Nick Bolton too, Bolton, man. Right? Yeah, come on. No, now. I, Robbie, I was counting in my head, thinking, "Oh my gosh, eighty-seven. You, I mean, you've just got all the all the the the, the premier Debo Samuel. That's really an interesting one. Even yeah. at the odds moving up, I think I kind of like that call. Yeah, I mean, it just it makes a lot of sense. And in Super Bowls, everything that makes sense doesn't always work out. There's some weird things happen. But, you know, the whole art to this is to put yourself in the best position to win. And I just feel like if you're on odd-numbered jersey in that particular bet, um, you put, you're putting yourself in the best position to win. And like I say, I stumbled into it because it was requested of me to find one. And I don't like venturing too far out of the comfort zone of players involved in the game. I'll give you one real quick here, guys, as far as on the field is concerned, right? Because that's usually where I focus my attention. And I went ahead and played Marquez Valdez-Scantling over 19 and a half receiving yards. To me, you know, you can get 19 and a half out of him with one catch. But it, it, when you look at it, if you're San Francisco, and hey, I'm not Steve Wilkes. I'm not the defensive coordinator. I do like to play one from my home office, though, here in southeastern Pennsylvania. Um the first thing you do in this game is you focus primarily to stop the run. That'll be San Francisco's first and foremost thing to do. Secondly, it'll be Travis Kelsey. Thirdly, it'll be Rasheed Rice. They probably don't double cover him, but there will be instances, plenty of them, where maybe they shade coverage and help out against him because he's become a weapon. The, the forgotten guy really is Valdez Scantling. So when you look back now, you don't get a lot of opportunity with him. You get maybe one to four targets. Um, the good news is in those one to four targets, the routes that he runs are usually the deep intermediate routes and then the long vertical ones. So, like I say, you can get it with one catch out of him. And it seems like Patrick Mahomes has a renewed faith in throwing the football to Valdez Scantling. Now, you know, he could be running free 40 yards downfield and drop the ball and I'll jump through my ceiling. But... I do think that 19-and-a-half is probably too low of a number. And it's funny you make, guys mentioned Sky Moore. Obviously, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore both scored touchdowns last year. And it was asked of me by a wager talk host on a show this week. They said, you know, Kadarius Tony's going to suit up for this game. Does that worry you when it comes to playing Valdez Scantling? Maybe some of his work goes to in Tony's direction. And well, I, I just wouldn't think so, guys. I know Andy draws up. Coach Reed draws up a lot of things, and maybe he'll draw one specialty play up for Tony, but I just can't see a guy that's been out of that lineup that long being a difference maker. And again, you know, just watching these veteran quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, when it comes to this particular game, or let's say championship game, Super Bowl, they throw to the guys they trust. And I think that Patrick Mahomes now has it, you know, boxed into who he trusts as far as throwing the football to. Travis Kelsey, 
Rasheed Rice, and I like I say, there seems to be a renewed trust in Valdez Scantling. So I thought over nineteen and a half was a good play. Maybe so. And, and again, MBS had a big catch in the last game too. So very, very easily could happen. Rob Vino of WagerTalk.com with us here on the Big Show KTGR and KTGR.com. Is that your free pick, or do you want to give out another one here, either in the Super Bowl or really anything else? It can be anything you want, Robbie. You know what? Everything I've said here, I've bet. So anybody listening, go feel free to tell. Yeah. If you can find that river you guys are searching for, it, we'll find it. Don't you worry, there. Robbie. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, let me let me go to college basketball tonight. Isn't the college basketball card crazy? Three games on a Friday night, and then stick us with 150 tomorrow. I mean, yeah, come on, it's like we have to start handicapping these games on Thursday afternoon for Saturday. But tonight there is one. The game is moved, guys. I played uh, San Jose State against Colorado State over the 143. It's since been bet up in the last four hours. The 146, but a lot of good reason why it's very comparable to the game last week when San Jose State went to Nevada. The game landed 150. It was a 90 to 60 game, but very simple fundamental breakdown. The eighth best effective field goal percentage in the country, Colorado State, against the 279th worst defense in the country, San Jose State. We saw it on display last week. Nevada methodical team runs up 90 points at home. CSU methodical but very efficient, probably gets over 80 here. They haven't scored less than 73 points in any home game this year, and they've done that against three of the best defenses in the MWC, Mountain West Conference. And those three defenses, by the way, are in the top 27 in the country. So they score against good teams at home. They'll score against this poor team on the road. I think we can get 65 or so out of San Jose State. It's a team, guys, that likes to chuck up threes. I think they shoot 25 a game in Mountain West play, a little homecoming for Tim Miles. He used to coach CSU. Now he's bringing San Jose State into that gym for the second time. So I thought 143 was too low, probably still a little room in 146. Um, when I wrote it up for the clientele today and, and, and sent it to clients, I thought the game would land 147 plus. So they're really pushing 147 now, but I still think you got a little room to get yourself up and over. All right. So, uh, again, Go find that river quick and uh, push it over for uh, <laughs> for San Jose State and Colorado State uh, over 146. That's why we love Rob Vino over at wagertalk.com for sports from a Vegas perspective. On Twitter at Rob Vino Sports and go to wagertalk to read all their great stuff. Robbie, appreciate you as always. Enjoy all of the college basketball tomorrow and then all of the Super Bowl on Sunday, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Have a good Super Bowl weekend, and I'll get with you next Friday. Absolutely. Big Show's on at 444, KTGR and KTGR.com. Again, he makes us so much smarter every week. I was just going through the Chiefs roster like, hey, Blake Bell could score. Hey, MVS could score. Like, I'm I'm loving the odd no, number touchdown bet. No, listen, listen. Tony's going to be the one to cash that. I, the, is he it, really, gonna ha- is he he really for real playing? Is he playing, though, for real, for real? Like, is that 100% or is it just... You can refresh trendy. the injury report. I, he's not even on the injury report. Not up yet. Scott Moore could what definitely catch. He could definitely catch touchdown anytime. It's going to be Pacheco if if it gets ruined from a Chiefs. Yes. Pers- or like Justin yeah. Watson, maybe. Yeah, that could I happen. No, Rasheed Rice is four. That could happen also. Okay. Yeah, that would be one. Yeah. I'm there are fewer the Chiefs Niners. that could do this, I think. And there are probably more Niners. But, but even the Niners, like Kittle... He's odd, right? 85? Yeah. 
Debo's odd. Ayuk is odd. Ayuk is odd. McCaffrey is odd. McCaffrey's I mean, odd. Are, uh, that's the team that has the, the guys that could do it. Isaiah Pacheco is almost the only regular participant in touchdowns that could burn you if he scores yeah. it first. Very fascinating. All right, under the bus next. More foundation of excuses from the 49ers. Again, it's uncanny all this week. We're getting to that next and under the bus. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. It's time to go under the bus on the Big Show. It's still happening. 49ers are still making excuses. First, it was the field that they're practicing on at UNLV. Oh, we don't like this grass. Now, they're not happy after a fire alarm went off in their hotel room at 6 a.m. Brendan, dude, what time dude. do you usually wake up on a weekday? Be honest. That's that's a tough question. You got Today a you was, got a small kid at home. What time are you waking up? Yeah, I wake up when he does, and exactly. sometimes that's like that's like in the sevens. So it's not always so so darn early. Today I was up pretty early. Yeah, but come on, is this the end of the world? First of all. If it were the antlers doing it, it would have happened at like 3 a.m. Oh, right? yeah. That's right. how I know that there was nothing, right. there's nothing nefarious going on here. Um, but that's like they're going to find every little thing to complain about. They're greasing the wheels for when they lose this game. Seriously? I'm telling you, yeah. they don't have any faith in themselves. Like Christian McCaffrey and Nick Bosa were both convinced that it was done on purpose. At- before 6 a.m.? Good. I hope I hope that they're convinced it was done on purpose. Yeah. I hope they. I hope that's what they believe because that tells me where their heads are. Exactly. Into the Super Bowl, Chris. It feels like they're doing too much complaining to be complaining. Well, yeah. <laughs> no. What are you like, saying? Like it's like I, part I, of I, it on their end. This might be some kind of. I'm thinking this is some kind of smokescreen to be like, it's oh, a work. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I did it. This is guy it gets it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, Ring the bell. He got he's it. Bringing the he used the wrestling correctly. Oh. Yeah. They're Yay. working us. Good job. They're That's working us so good. they lock in. Oh man. That's actually really good. They're kind of making you think that they're all upset about these various they're little soft. inconveniences. They're not ready for when it. When in reality, it's all playing. That's that's good. Stay on your toes, Chiefs. Don't fall for the work. Don't get work. Don't get work. the bus. Don't get work, Chiefs. That was a moment in Big Show history, by the way, that I used that term yeah, properly. Yeah, that was good. Also, uh, this is kind of fascinating. Under the bus of Josh Hader, I suppose. Uh, with, this is uh, interesting. Yeah, so he was on a baseball podcast yesterday, and he kind of revealed why he doesn't go multiple innings anymore. Relief pitcher, of course, back end of the bullpen guy, and basically is restricting himself to just the ninth inning. And, and foul territory, by the way, was the podcast right, yeah, he, was, and, he was on. And, and so... He was basically told by the Brewers, look, the only way we're going to value you is is by how many saves you have. Well, because that's how it, it works in ARP, right? right Arbitration yeah. is behind the times on valuing these early pitchers properly. Yeah. I think that's a fascinating conversation to expand upon for another day, Andy, because it kind of reminds me of the Ryan Helsley thing. When he went to arbitration, it was like the whole deal was can't, you know, can't go back to back, doesn't want to multiple innings. But then you go into ARB and get ripped for certain things like, Something's not adding up. I think it's. I could see the commentary of, "Hey, bad teammate, not willing to do what it takes to, to help his team." But also, it kind of reminds me of NFL running backs when they're just kind of like 
chewed up and spit out by the system a little bit. It's an interesting conversation for another day, in my opinion. That's yeah, a tough one. I, I think, it, I don't know if I throw Josh Hader under the bus as much as I just throw the save under the bus because this, again, worst stat like in all right? of baseball. It's changed the way managers manage, and here it's changing the way that we value relief pitchers. And then it's also changing the relief pitcher's mind of like, this is the only thing that I can do to to make money for myself in to make good money I should say for myself yep. in Major League Baseball and Josh Hader shouldn't have to think that way but the system has made him do it under it's the just bus terrible. like you can't yeah. he he can't be the only one like but he's a, a unique talent so can he get away with it whereas other guys can't we right. should talk about this next yes. week it's yeah. it's it's intriguing we absolutely me. can yep it's time for the sweetest thing in sports on the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Valentine's Day is next week, too. It's on Wednesday. Do not forget, fellas. And the best way to treat your Valentine well is to go get chocolate-covered strawberries from the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia. Anniversary, birthday, Valentine's Day. Online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. Yet another appearance in the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. That's what's really sweet. Fourth time in five years. And look... Cherish it every time. Don't just get used to it. I know it's easy to get used to it. It's easy to get into this routine, Chiefs fans. But don't. Like It is a special thing. Savor every minute of it, and you can savor it even more after you win. Yeah, and it's special, and you won't. You got to keep in mind, you won't be in this position again until next year. So you have to really. It's a long <laughs> right, twelve yeah. months I to know. wait if you're a Chiefs fan. So soak it in, yes. baby. It's the Super Bowl. <laughs> Could be a lot of fun. Come on, like they make the NFC <laughs> Championship game six years in a row, and we're supposed to pretend that they're not just going to be here again I'm, next year. Yeah, I that, know. I get the sentiment. I get the sentiment. I but get that, it. it. I'm not it's, saying it's, it's like, hard to argue. I'm not saying it's going to end now. <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't saying that. I'm just saying it's not going to last forever. I mean, that's that's all I'm they're saying. Like, okay, sure. I'll see you next year in the Arrowhead. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes we'll get that walking up, throwing 400 yards while he's 60 years old. That's what's going to happen. Advances in medicine. Andy Reid will still be coaching the Chiefs, too. <laughs> yeah, One's got to outlast the other. 100-year-old I mean. Andy Reid will still be coaching. Up next, it's time for us to officially make our predictions for this game coming up on Sunday. Who you got? Chiefs or 49ers at 5.05. Producer Chris's moment of the week at 5.25. And then our picks at 5.45 on the big show.